This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. How many ready for the Word this morning? Ready for the Word. This young man of God is coming. He's a member of our church and um, he's a wonderful man and a wonderful husband, got a very youthful spirit, still a young man. He's been preaching the Word of God ever since 2015. Just did his first trial sermon December 20th, 2015. And so he's been in ministry. He knows ministry. But it's wonderful when God also raised up people who are also um, gifted and educated and skillful as well. All right. He's a teacher. Amen. He is an instructional technology coach. Is that so? Amen. He's a graduate from the Florida A&M University. Come on. Got a Bachelor of Science in Political, Bachelor B.S., a Bachelor of Science in Political Science and Public Administration. And he's a member of our church. He has a wonderful gift of humor. He also has a prophetic calling and edge to his life. God has just blessed this young man, and we're so glad. If you don't mind, I want you to stand on your feet. And this man of God comes, Minister Dominique Dantley. Make some noise for this man of faith in Jesus' name. As we remain standing, can we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we honor you for this amazing opportunity to once again be in your presence. Thank you for supping with us and choosing this house to walk through God and rain down your glory. And Father, we are so humbled in your presence. And we thank you, God, for this time now of going into your word, Father, and exhorting God, your people, Father. For your word declares that once we gather together, Father, we gain strength. So we thank you for the opportunity to gain strength, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we give your name honor and your name praise, Father, that on today, Father, someone's life would be changed, God, forever. Ooh, somebody shot forever. Yes, Lord, and that we would have a greater outlook on life, God. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, we do pray. Amen. 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 Whew. I ain't gonna hold you. It be feeling like it take a longer time other Sundays for the word to come. But today that thing say a pew. <laughs> Ooh, Pastor Joe started counting my like, Lord Jesus, the bowels. All right. Y'all catch that later. <laughs> um Oh man, I got to tell you, I'm so honored to be able to give, be in front of you all and deliver the word today. I first want to give honor to all the great leaders in this house, God, and everybody in their respective places. Go ahead and give them a round of applause. Yeah, keep clapping, keep clapping, come on. And while you're clapping, go ahead and give praise to God, the one who is the giver of the gifts. <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, man, I am... Uh, uh, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm a little shaky right now, but uh, I feel the Holy Spirit. That's what got me shaky. I'm surprised I'm not more nervous. <laughs> but I feel the confidence of the Lord pushing me to go forward. Even as I was at my seat, uh, the Lord started changing what I want to say just a little bit. So I'm, I ain't, that ain't never happened to me before. <laughs> um, but I guess here we go. All right. Y'all gonna rock with your boy? Y'all good? All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, cool, cool, cool. We're going we're gonna to talk about we are those people with vision. 
and we're going to focus ourselves on setting our sights. Amen. So I repeat that for those of you all who love to take notes. I know this collegiate Sunday and y'all bring your pencil and paper, your iPads and your iPhones and all that goodness. Uh, Again, the topic of today's message is going to be we are those people with vision. We're going to focus on setting our sights today. When we talk about visions, um, when I was younger and I was doing choirs in South Florida, uh, uh, I loved to sing. And uh, once my family found out I could sing, my granddaddy wouldn't ever let me stop doing it. Um, I, I would hit, we would do this song called uh, uh, Ezekiel Saw the Wheel. And we would sing that song and we would, man, I'm trying to tell you, we would, that thing used to have a thing on it. We'd be up there like, we getting it. You know, everybody just up there clapping because it was like one of the few songs we did that sounded like black church. Uh, <laughs> y'all will catch that in a little piece <laughs> But I never uh, For some reason I, I, That song kept playing in my mind And uh, hearing, hearing uh, people saying that Came up and I was like God I wonder what the story, That story is about So when I went in the Bible it's found in Ezekiel 10 I put it up there I'm not going to read the entire thing Because it's rather long and very descriptive And uh, I'm going to fumble over some of them names And I'm embarrassed to do that in front of y'all Amen <laughs> Uh, but in that story, Ezekiel is caught up in a vision, right? And God is showing him these angels over uh, over a sanctuary, and they have all these amazing descriptions. And uh, I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy right here, you know? Uh, they they got eyes everywhere, and they got amazing wings, and you know. And he just when you read it, it sounds like Ezekiel just chilling. And I'm like, man, I would have been freaked out this whole thing because it's like he was there in it, and the spirit was snatching him from here to there to showing him things. And then it started talking about uh, 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 the scene started changing. And I I was like, man, this story sounds kind of weird. <laughs> and we were just singing that thing with joy. Talk about Ezekiel saw the wheel way up there in the middle of the air. We were just singing that thing. And then I started studying that thing a little bit more. And that story is about God's glory being removed. <laughs> and I was like, wow, God. And that kind of frames my message on today, how we have to look at the whole picture and not just the parts that are cute. Y'all with me? All right, so um, I'm a teacher. We're big on vocabulary, right? We're going to talk about the word vision. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. When you are writing notes, I want you to underline the word imagination and underline the word wisdom. Again, I repeat again, vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. We Gucci. All right, the saints still writing. One more again. The ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Emphasis on imagination and the word wisdom. Another definition says a vivid mental image, especially a fanciful one of the future. One more time for that one. That one blessed me a little piece. A vivid mental image, especially a fanciful one of the future. When we think about vision, there are three main parts that we got to keep in mind. There are inputs, there's some kind of processing medium, and then there's an output, right? I'll say again, there's an input, those are the things that come together and they go through a medium, and then there is an output. Y'all with me? 
And um, before we can start talking about the cute things, we got to do a little bit of diagnosis. Y'all rolling with me? Now, I'm not an optometrist, but for some reason, the spirit took me this way to look up some of these words. So y'all roll with your boy, okay? There are, uh, in, in optometry, when people have vision with sight, like your boy, uh, <laughs> those uh, things are called refraction errors. Um, it's when there is some kind of degeneration of vision in your eyes, and, and then it causes what you see to be distorted. There's, a, there's something going on in your eye where light is bending strangely, and usually we get fuzzy vision. All right, that's everybody good on that? Yeah, so there are some common, there are four common types of refraction errors. All right, there is myopia, which is M-Y-O-P-I-A, myopia. There's hyperopia, use your phonetic spelling on that one, H-Y-P-E-R-O-P-I-A. There is astigmatism, and there's presbyopia. All right. Each one of those carries some kind of weight and they affect your vision, right? I know you're saying, Dantley, that's some cool words, but what that got to do with the spirit? Well, let's talk about what they do, all right? Myopia is nearsightedness due to an elongation of the eyeball or cornea or lens that is too curved. <laughs> Sorry, that bled up in my mind going faster than what I'm preaching. All right, nearsightedness. It is the ability to only see the things that are close up right in front of your face. And when you have vision like that where you're only focusing on the things that are immediate, you become a little sporadic. Because sometimes things that are in front of you, they can either look super beautiful and wonderful or they can look very scary. And either one of those things you got, you can't see what's behind it because what's back there is blurry. All right. That's myopia, having nearsightedness, whatever is right in front of me. God, that's all I see. The danger with having this particular refraction error is that you can't see what is afar off. Um, if you are if you are driving a car and, and you're looking down the road and there's a sign that is blurry, it's gray, and you're driving 45 and the police get behind you and they say, hey, um, you know you were speeding, right? And you're like, bro, I was doing the speed limit. He was like, bro, you was doing 45 and the speed limit was 70. And like, you're going too slow, my boy. I like that. Uh-huh. You're going too slow, and it's because you don't have the vision to see past what is right there in front of you, which is on your dashboard. Well, another issue that comes up that I find very interesting with having a problem with seeing things close up is you react real quick to whatever happens. You become the pop-off king or queen. And because we saints of God in here, I just want to let y'all know, ain't nobody been delivered or saved from you popping off. Just thought I'd let you know if that's the ministry you like to operate in, it's ineffective. Nobody got saved because you told them about themselves. So go ahead and change that mindset, right? That's a very nearsighted view of things when you want to read somebody up and down for what they're doing right now. All right. It's a com it's an error. It's an error in vision. When you when you're so ready to, to discuss what's happening right now, you know what you you know what you often do with that? You start to cut, you start to you start to diminish what people's worth is, right? Because I see that you might be having an issue right now. I'm gonna talk about that up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's because you ain't got enough vision to see what's behind that where you really would be celebrating what God about to bring them from. We're gonna move on. Woo! Next one is hyperopia. It is farsightedness caused by the eyeball by an eyeball that is too short or a flattened lens. All right? 
I know you're saying, what's going on with that, bro? You said you said being this side of it is a problem, man. What about not even see food? That's a good one. How that's an error? Well, supernaturally, when you only see the things that are far off, you neglect what's right in front of you. You become depressed when you look around and everybody else seems to be going further than you. God, I ain't reached that one goal I had 20 years ago. That promise you had, Lord. I, that's all I can see. I don't see none of the, the short victories right in front. You become too fixated on what's coming that you stop focusing on what you should do right now. God, I know I got to lose about 25. 25 to get fine, Lord. I know I got to do it. And all you see in your mind is them 25. Woo, boy, I'm going to be a... <laughs> I'm going to be a fireman when I get no 25 off me. You feel me? And that's all you got is a vision. I ain't saying you ain't cute. I'm just saying that the 25 ain't coming off if you ain't in that 25 gym. You feel me? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there is a, a lot to be said about people who only are aspirational. All I ever see is the things that's coming up. They aren't very productive sometimes. Or their productivity is very shortened. It's a, it's a vision error. The next is astigmatism. Distorted vision caused by an irregular shaped cornea that may curve in one or more directions. Now this one right here, this messed me up, right? Because people with astigmatism, they don't got a problem seeing things that are far or things that are close. They got a vision seeing things in general. Everything is wrong. Man, you go to McDonald's and you say, man, I want to get that double cheeseburger. Put a little bacon on it. Add me a little mustard and mayo on that thing. Give me a large fry. And because I'm black, give me that sweet tea. Amen. Then you get that drink back and you get that food, you open the bag and say, Hey man, something wrong with this food. This bag all crumpled up. All my food thrown in one place. Man, y'all ain't think about separating all this. Everything that you wanted is in the bag, but you're focused on the wrapping. You just, your view just distorted. You can't see when there's a blessing right in front of you or when it's coming down the road. People with astigmatism are folks who are like this. You try all you can to encourage them and they always gonna choose something else. You give them your best advice. You say, hey man, Bobby, I'm trying to tell you, bro, man. If you, I'm gonna tell you like what Ezekiel told me. If you go get you some term life insurance and then you get you some other life insurance, as you can tell, I don't really remember the conversation. But you do that, you know, man, it's gonna bless you somewhere far down the road. And then the person with a stigmatism say, but man, I gotta spend money? Golly, how much it costs, bro? Whew, that's a lot of money right there, my boy. They never see, they never see anything for what it really is, even if it's something bad. Well, girl, you know he loved me. He just like other people too. <laughs> we all we we all friends. <laughs> he loved me just, you know, he just he's special like that. You know, he has a lot of love to give. He's a free spirit. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally good. They don't see they don't see the reality of nothing. People with astigmatism. It don't matter if it's something immediate or something afar off. They they don't see none of it. They don't they don't see anything for what it really is. And the last one 
And this is the one that I was like, whoo, is that presbyopia? It's age-related farsightedness caused by inflexibility in the lens of the eye. And these, those people who have been in the struggle so long or have struggled with something so long that they can't see the thing afar off. Because it's been like this so long, God, it ain't going to never work out. Or maybe I should divert away from this because, God, you know, it just ain't happened yet. You end up being like Sarah where you say, I'll give my husband another woman to make this baby happen, Lord, because I'm way too old. Been struggling with this thing too long, God. You start, them kind of people with that kind of vision, they start, they the ones who come up with those freaky religions. Because the way that is the way that has been lined out for them ain't worked out. They start trying to find alternate routes to get to whatever the end thing was. And them people dangerous. Because they have now this new corrupt thing in their mind about how they're going to access the vision that God once showed them. They say, you know what, man, I'm going to bring some people on because if I get these people to agree with me, of course that makes it right. Right? These people are going to, they're going to, they're going to make this thing worth it if I, you know, I know, I know it don't feel all the way right, but you know, hey, you know, you end up with crazy things going on where people say things like, you know, I'm, I ain't got to marry her because we just live together. You know, it's all right, man. I ain't got to, I ain't got to pay no bills in this house, bruh. You know, that ain't, you know, we share the responsibilities in this house. I'm a cook and she going to work. You know, I'm going to make sure my girl got food every day. <laughs> the woman of God said, not in my house. <laughs> but because you've been in the thing so long, you can't see it. Or here's the other side of that. You hold on to a vision of something and God is trying to tell you that it's not that anymore. Because we forget that God is a living vessel. And what he's doing is always right now. But you holding on to this one thing. I, 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 know, I know at one point you was with him and he was hugging on you and you was like, I'm going to marry this man. But then he broke your heart and left you. And then you get with somebody else, but you're still thinking about the last man you're supposed to be married. God, like, I'm trying to move you forward, girl, if you just let him go and go to the next one. Those, those are the kind of visions that people with, with presbyopathy, that, those are the kind of problems that they have. They can't get, sometimes they can't get away from one thing to get to the next thing because they can't see how God has shifted something. So what corrects it? What corrects these things? You know, um, lenses, <laughs> glasses, you know, you need, you need something to shape your vision when there are refraction errors. You need something that is going to bend the light correctly so you no longer have blurry vision. Y'all with me so far? So what are, the, what are the lenses? There are three of them, all right? If you're writing notes, here you go, all right? First one, you got to have a self-lens. Second one, you got to have a worldview or a world lens. And lastly, you got to have God's lens or the word of God as a lens. I say again, you got to have a self-view, got to have a worldview, and you got to have God's view. One more time for those that are writing. One for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Self-view, a worldview, and you got to have God's view. It is important that we take the efforts to try to correct our vision because sometimes you having bad vision affects those around you. 
It affects your progression in life. You can't move forward if you can't see where you're going. We have to stay mindful of that thing that God is trying to put in our lives to help us sometimes. We got to be aware of it. That's the word I'm trying to find. We have to be aware of what God is placing in our life to change us. So we got we to gotta make sure that we keep those things in mind. And we'll talk about those in a minute. All right. You must have vision for yourself. You must have vision for your community. And you must have vision for the kingdom of God. One more time. You must have vision for yourself. You must have vision for your community, those that are around you, your family, your, your wife, your husband. You got you, you to have vision for your community and you got to have vision for the kingdom of God. What am I doing here? What is my purpose when I gather with y'all? Amongst y'all, what do I do? A person with clear vision is a benefit or an asset in all those areas. Let's go to a familiar scripture that we've been rocking with for a couple weeks. First Samuel 30. I know y'all like, we going back to Ziggleg. <laughs> hey! First Samuel 30. We're going to do the first through the eighth verse. I'll wait for it to get up on the screen. I would say if you got to say amen, but it don't matter. They're going to put it up there anyway. <laughs> All right. Scripture says this, and it came to pass when David and his men were coming to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burnt it with fire and had taken the women captive that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burnt with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. My Lord. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken. Wait a minute. All right, David, do your thing. Take it captive. <laughs> hey, all right, my boy. Hey, next scripture, just jump off that one. All right, and David was greatly distressed. <laughs> For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Important emphasis right there. David encouraged himself. Woo! In the Lord his God. Next verse. And David said unto somebody with a name A, the priest, <laughs> Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring thee hither the ephod. And that man with an A name brought hither the ephod to David. Next scripture. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Somebody give God praise for the word of the Lord. <laughs> Woo, that thing blessed me. That David went through all those lenses in one prayer. David had, to, David had to check himself and his view. Because let's back up a little bit in the 29th verse. In the 29th verse, David found himself amongst the Philistines chilling they marching to go fight a whole nother war and somebody looks around the crowd and says who that one is right there oh wait we know him he don't he don't he don't supposed to be amongst us 
And David got kicked out. You know, sometimes we take no's as a negative thing. We take rejection as a negative thing. We take being put out or ostracized as a negative thing. You know, we got a very nearsighted view, right? But the truth of the Lord, the truth of the matter is, is that the Lord always got a plan, right? Maybe the group you with is just too small for what God trying to take you. Maybe the goals and the purposes that they have don't mean you no good. Just maybe you the one in your family who ain't supposed to hang out. You know, maybe you the one, maybe that's the reason they ain't add you to the cousins group chat. Be like that sometimes. Just be like that sometimes. Just be like that sometimes because you just look different to everybody. You know, even when you try to fit in and you change the way you act, your words betray you. Your demeanor betrays you. Somebody always going to see something different about you that's going to cause you to be othered. And if you aren't careful, you'll get thrown into a depression about that. God, I can't never have no friends. Don't nobody like me, Lord. I don't fit in with nobody. Where my tribe at, God? And the whole time, God is trying to tell you, hey, bro, stay in here. It's, it, it got bad results. I'm trying to help you. You know, we end up looking at no's as, 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 as this thing that is supposed to be a stopping point. But I read this quote that talked about no means next opportunity. Every time you get a no, your mindset should be, okay, where's my next opportunity? You know, we look at, we look at no's as a, as, as a graveyard, but no's really are a mountain. No's are a mountain. One that we climb up that helps us to gain strength and exercise ourselves and get the resilience that we need in order to sustain in a place of yes. Yeah, we need, we need that. We, sometimes, sometimes we need the no. For some of us in here, if somebody never told you no, you really wouldn't know how strong you were. If, if God never told you no, you wouldn't know just how nasty you could be. My Lord. Sometimes them no saves us from ourselves. Jesus. Yes, Lord. All right. If you stay focused, even when you get a no, you'll reach a yes. Yes means your efforts have succeeded. All the work you put into it, all the power that went away, you, you can succeed now. Because you went through the process of no. Yeah, yeah, no is a process. No is a process. No is a training ground. No is a strengthening place. No is a place of learning how to abstain. No is a place of character building where you know how to deal with disappointment. If you never got a no, you wouldn't have had the character that you got today. Y'all know how it is. The parents that always tell their children, yes, if you want them to build it, come to the altar in a little piece. Amen. You always tell your children, yes, they ain't got no boundaries. Do y'all like watching them chilling? Teachers in the room, do you love when them students come in your class and they mamas and told them, yes, all summer long? Oh, it's a drag. It's the same thing with you. You done lived, you done lived your life in a way where the world has told you yes to everything. And then you get on God's side and think he's just supposed to be cool with everything. No, God got some no's. But his nose builds you. All right, we'll catch that a little piece later. Amen. All right, all right, all right. 
Bless you. All right. These, this, this, this no brought David to a place of saying, hey, man, you know, I ain't got no choice. They kicking me out of here. I got to go back to where I come from. And then when David goes back to where he come from, he has lost everything. What caused David to get there? He was having some issues with his big homie Saul. He was like, hey, man, this dude just, you know, he supposed to be my mentor. He supposed to be my homie. You know, and some of us, truthfully, we have that. You know, we have people that we look up to and they disappoint us. You know, the person who we feel is supposed to train us, sometimes, you know, they really can't handle the weight that we are. And there is grace for them, too, because everybody got their own journey. I'm not saying that it's okay for you to just live with unforgiveness in your heart or live with a broken spirit. I always say that these people are down, dirty, and wrong. No, they real people. I had my own experiences, too. They real people. They they real people. And you know, we gotta walk our journey sometimes. And sometimes that's God too removing us out of their path so that we really don't feel the brunt of whatever they're going through. And that's what David got put in. David lost sight of himself. Well, he started hanging out with the dudes he just spanked. Yeah, David was fighting the Philistines. That's how him and David was. I mean, that's how David and Goliath had it and they run in. Goliath was with the Philistines. And David went right back with these people. He know he ain't supposed to be around. They don't mean him no good. But God had a plan for him. David goes back and he sees everything is destroyed. My two wives is gone. Amen. <laughs> I just think that's funny. I don't want two wives. I got one. She enough. Um, <laughs> she over there. Bless the Lord, Rochelle Dantley. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I just think that's cool that the Bible was just like, yeah, he had two of them. Straight up. All right. Um, that's just cool to me. Um, yeah. And I mean, he just, you know, never mind. We're going to move on past that. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 <laughs> he gets back and he sees that all the stuff that he has gained, he has lost. When we lose sight of vision in whatever way that we are, we run the risk of losing everything. Even so much to the point where the ones who was rocking with him was like, bro, we finna turn against you. Sometimes we have to take stock in where we are right now. We got to have a better, we got we to gotta flip the lens on ourselves. Where am I right now? How I feel about me? Do I like me right now? Is this the way that I see myself talking? Is this what God showed me I'm supposed to be right now? David had that moment where he went back and was like, hey, bro, it's cool, but God had a plan, see? Because David said, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to go back to this first thing I know. Because I see what the people view is. That's the worldview. I see what their view is, man. They turned against me. Now I got to go back to see what God says. David started praying. David started saying, Lord, how do I get my stuff back, basically? How I get them two girls back? <laughs> that was a pretty nice setup right there. How I get them back, God? How I get my children back? How do I allow, how do I, how do I regain all this stuff? Because the truth of the matter is, David didn't only lose for himself, he lost for his people too. So how do I get their stuff back? And God replies to him, go ahead, man, you're going to get everything back. And it took him changing his viewpoint, flipping the lens and saying, God, you know what? I might have been off track one moment, but I know you got me right now. <laughs> David got clear 
And when David got clear, God gave him a yes. Some of us struggle with being clear. We'll come to church and think that's enough. I feel his presence. We, you know, we'll, 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 we'll volunteer and do all the things and, and think that that's enough. And God is like, no, there are other steps to this thing because I need you to be clear. You being clear affects more than just you. You being clear affects this whole gathering of saints. Because the truth of the matter is God's church is not this building. God's church is that person sitting beside you. Us joined together. That's God's church. And you being unclear is hurting God's church. We got to get you clear. You got to get you clear. It takes self-work. That's why I believe in therapy. God sent mental health professionals to help you out when you can't get a point of view. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Clap for that. Yeah, don't get scared now. We, 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 need, we need that. There's a reason why God sent that science and that discipline to help us. To help us get clear. Woo. We got to get clear. We end, up, we end up fighting against each other because we ain't clear. You got an astigmatism. Everybody look like an enemy. They come in the church and they say, hey girl, good morning. Oh, I like them shoes. I like how you look this Sunday. Well, what's she trying to say? I look ugly last Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's, we, we got we to gotta lose that because that causes a breakdown in God's kingdom. You know, we got <laughs> mess myself up a little piece there. <laughs> Woo. Woo. It is important that you not only get clear, but that you stay clear. That means that it ain't this ain't just for people who ain't been saved before or who don't come to church regularly. Some of y'all sitting in the church every Sunday need to learn how to stay clear. Because we look at this thing so strangely, right? We look at what God did way back then. We have that presbyopia. Ooh, I got God. He did a work in me in nine. He did a work in me in nine seven. I've been running for Jesus a long time. When I come to that church, they better not be sitting in my seat. That's the kind of that's the kind of weird view you got. <laughs> you don't see that being coveted over a seat is wrong. You can't worship God because you got to sit on the third row instead of the second row, or you can't sit behind Pastor Joe. You got to sit behind the praise team. Like that, that don't that don't seem wrong. No, no. Just just food for thought. You got to get. We got to stay clear. The work that God did in '97 is supposed to be a continual work. We don't get saved one time. No, God is always there trying to prove us and get us to a greater place of perfection. But you can't get there if you ain't got a mindset to stay clear. Y'all rolling with me? Y'all still like me a little piece? All right. It ain't, it ain't on me. It's on Holy Spirit. All right. Cool. Um, all of this is about how the way we get clear is we have to correct the conversations. Right. There's always some conversation going on. You know, there's an inward conversation with you on yourself. 
how you look at you. There's a conversation with you in the world, how you present yourself to them and how they relate back to you. And there is definitely a conversation between you and God. Most of us struggle with him speaking to us. And some of us struggle, a lot of us struggle with speaking to him. There's always conversations going on. We got we to gotta, we gotta deal with those conversations. Because what if God is trying to get you to hear him because he's trying to interrupt the negative conversations? What if God is trying to come in and, and, and say, hey, you know, I know you have seen yourself like this, but this is what I say about you. What if, what if God is trying to tell you, I know that around this time of year, you usually are acting like this, but if you, you might want to stop that. You might not want to go that way. What if God is saying today, I know you hang out with the homies, but this Friday night I need you to stay in. You know, those type of things. God trying to interrupt the conversation. Coming to church probably was the first time most of us in here felt free to try to see ourselves. Because this was the first place you came and there wasn't a lot of noise. There was nobody trying to really tell you how you should conduct yourself. There was nobody trying to tell you how you should talk to God. There was only people trying to support you in your space. Lift your hands and give God glory. Open your mouth and bless his name. Worship the Lord. Go ahead, sing your song unto the Lord. This probably was the first place where you felt free enough to be yourself. And the conversation that the world had and all those things, it didn't matter because I was in my father's presence. Yeah. You need spaces like this where the noise is quiet. And I know it's, I know it's strange because you be like, bro, it's loud in this church. Y'all play music about the whole service. True. True. But the conversation is clear. We just experienced it sitting here. When we, when we told him who he is. Yeah. Because sometimes getting the right perspective of who God is clears us up. When I, know, when I know whose I am, I know who I am. When I, was, when I was younger, all my family would tell me that my voice was the way I was going to make it. Boy, you can sing. Who you can sing. And they would compare me to other singers. They would invest in me. They would go to my concerts and all those things. And there were things that I had that I experienced in with music that were great. But the Lord had a different plan for me. I never put much credence on what was up here. I was told I was intelligent. I never really struggled in school, but I was always told music was going to be the way. So when I was challenged in my life and I was put in a place because of illness that I couldn't sing, I couldn't speak, I felt like my world was ending. And here's the truth. That's why I said it ain't just for the people who ain't saved. I was saved then and I was a minister. But because that one thing that somebody always told me about myself was special, I couldn't do. I felt like nothing. It wasn't until one day I was home. My wife is right there. I got on my face flat on the ground and I cried out to God and said, help me. Show me what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to be. And the Lord started speaking. I feel his presence in the room. 
because I wanted it for real. I didn't want to know what my gifts and my talents would do. I want to know who I was. I wanted to be clear, God, what is my next step? Because I, I know you're going to heal me. I know I ain't going to be sick always, but I don't want to go back to how I was before. If you already showed me that this one thing ain't it. And the Lord showed me, just open your mouth. I started going to speech therapy and, and, and doing all those things. And at the more I practice speaking, I, I, would, I would say, hey, you know, this thing is getting a little bit easier. God, what's going on with this? And slowly but surely, the Lord started to reveal unto me that you thought that your voice as far as singing was it, but your voice in speaking is what I want you to do. And when I accepted the gift as my way that God showed me, so many doors have been opening for me. That's the kind of God we serve. Well, he, of course, correct us no matter where we at. But it's all about getting clear. It's all about being clear. You know, you know you're around somebody clear when they ain't jealous because you do something. Clear people have no problem with who you are. Most times, clear people have no problem supporting you. Clear people will push you to a place, even when you can't see it in yourself. Clear people will correct you when you are off course. But the way they do it is not to tear you down. They come with constructive criticism. There's a difference, right? There's a difference. Constructive criticism is supposed to be building, not breaking. All right. When you, when, you, when you start doing what I did and you do what David did and you go back to God and you start saying, hey, look, I see clearly something is wrong. I need you to help me. The Lord starts doing that thing. He jumps in immediately. His response is immediate. I don't care what anybody told you about God being late. When you pray, he is immediately working. Most times, God is moving before you even spoke the thing, right? I Oh, that thing coming on me. I don't know who, I don't know who told you that you had to wait 10 to 5 years for something to work out but God is working right now look at your neighbor and say God is working right now <laughs> Whew, the need for you to be clear is right now the need for you to be a clear person is right now the need for us to be a clear church is right now <laughs> Woo, my lord Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When you are clear, you no longer fighting against your own destiny. You starting to work towards it. You no longer fight against the voices of God that he sends like prophets and his own self speaking to you that says, this is what I need you to do. This is how you operate. This is what's coming. You start saying, hey, God, you know what? Whatever's coming, Lord, I trust you. Clear people are people of faith. Yeah, clear people got sight and vision. What is the Lord showing you? Have you asked him in a long time? Have you asked the Lord, hey, what I'm supposed to do next? Or are you just afraid that he might say something contrary to what you currently are doing right now? I've been on this job 18 years and never came here a day feeling fulfilled. You know something wrong with that. God, what am I supposed to do? You in college and you've been, you chose this major when you was 18 and they have nothing to do. Now you're 19 and you're like, Lord, I hate every single one of these classes. Maybe you might need to pray. Maybe you might need to pray. Lord, I, 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 want, this, I want this girl so bad, Lord, she bad. I'm trying to tell you, Father. And it ain't never working out. You getting friends on every time. Maybe, maybe you need to pray. 
maybe. <laughs> just saying. I mean, just maybe she's not into you. Amen. All right. Um. <laughs> you know. But once you get clear, you start to avoid those distractions that keep you in a place of brokenness. Keep you in a place of being downtrodden and those roads that lead to you being depressed and worn out. God got a plan for your life and it's all good. Clear people make statements like, I'll accept whatever God allows. Because it's all working for my good. <laughs> clear people conversation is different. They, they even fight differently. They war differently. They start to choose their battles wisely. They cut me off. They don't put that third finger up. They start praying. Or when they got issues on their job, they don't immediately try to go and fuss or send that nasty, polite email. <laughs> you know, they don't. They start saying, you know what? Putting energy towards that will cause me to be less productive. Clear people got a they got they 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 got a perspective change, and you know when you run into them because they always doing something different than everybody else. You know, I'm a teacher, and when I was in the classroom a lot more than I am right now, I was always the one who never was in my classroom on my planning break. Like, truthfully, I should have been planning, but I was never in my classroom on my planning break because I was clear that I wanted to be the best instructor. So on my planning, I would always go to the teachers that I heard had high scores on campus. I wanted to see what does great instruction look like because I was clear that I wanted to be the best at my job. Clear people always do strange stuff like that. They, 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 they always find a way to get what they need. Clear people don't look at, they don't look at like obstacles as bad things. They look at them as a challenge. It's, it's, it's just, you know, man, this is, this is just what it's gonna be. It, it is what it is. They don't, look at, they don't look at a box as a bad thing, bad thing. They look at a box like it's just a box. I can choose to participate in it or not. Why? Because I know whose I am. I'm God's. Ain't no box in the Bible. Psh. That's cute. Nice little box. That ain't me. Clear people got great perspective. They never find themselves in a place of saying, God, is your fault. <laughs> I know y'all gonna get mad about that. It's okay. It's okay. Clear people don't blame God. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it again. I know I feel you're getting tight on me. Clear people don't never say it's God's fault. Clear people know who the enemy of their soul is. So I don't waste my energy hating God or fighting against him. I take the battle right where it's supposed to be at. The devil that's fighting me. That situation that's fighting me, the strategy that I don't have, the, in, the intellect that I don't have, the, the, the opportunity that I miss because of that is fine. You know, I'll look for the next one. Clear people always understand that I'm working with God and not against him. Whew. Clear people say I'm better. They say I know when it's time to move. It sucks here. It's time for me to go. Clear people understand that I don't lose nothing. I lose nothing on this journey. No matter who dies, who goes away, I don't lose anything. I gain all. I got the giver of life with me. How can I lose anything? You know, 
Ephesians two and three. It is. It is. This is the kind of 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 like upgrade clear people got. Can we put it up on the screen for me? Ephesians two and thirteen. It says this, but now in Christ Jesus, ye are who sometimes were for off who are made nigh the blood of the body of Christ. That is not the right scripture. Let's try again. What I said. Okay, I'm looking for the scripture that talks about God working in us. This one, y'all take out your phones and help me preach in Google real quick. <laughs> God working within us again. What that say, mother? Oh, bless your heart. She said two and ten. Maybe that might help us. Mm-hmm. I know it when I hear it. <laughs> nope, that ain't it. It talks about God working in us. I can't Google on my iPad because there ain't no internet over here. Three and twenty. Ephesians 3 and 20, let's see what that say. That's good talk right there. What? That's in a different version or something? Philippians 2 and 13. Well, bless the Lord. Let's look at this one right here. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly over all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Ooh, that's good too. Whoever found that, you preaching. Go ahead. <laughs> Philippians 2 and 13. That's a good one right there too. Y'all go, y'all put that in your, in your, highlight that in your Bible. That's a good one. Philippians 2 and 13. Oh, yeah, this here right here. For it is God. That's good. This here right here. Put this in your notes, too. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Clear people say, God ain't trying to take nothing away from me. Why? Because he's already in me. My Lord. I'm so sorry to tell you, you ain't never alone. When you clear, you ain't never by yourself. Why? Because God is always working in me. I'm trying to get it to you. Maybe you can, I can't, I can't, I can't even, I wish I could just like take it out of me and throw it on you, but I can't. I wish it was like Lego pieces and I could just, can't do it. But listen, I'm trying to tell you, man, this thing is so dope. When you start realizing that there is something way bigger than you working in you, you start making bold declarations like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You don't start being phased by too much. Now, does this mean that you don't have human reactions to things? No. Ain't nobody trying to tell you to be superhuman. But I am trying to tell you that there's something superhuman living on the inside of you. Oh, man. That's good talk right there. Once you, once you connect that God piece to yourself, you start making bold declarations like this. No one will ever believe in me more than I do myself (laughs) no one will ever believe in me more than I do from this day forward there's nobody out there who will see more potential in me than I see in myself I'll no longer wait for somebody to affirm who I am I operate in everything that God told me and if there's a missing piece he just hasn't revealed it unto me yet I'm not waiting for a prophet to tell me what my future is. I know it. <laughs> I'm not waiting for how I'm get out of this. God gave me a strategy. Clear people make those kind of decorations. 
the potential that they see in me only God only confirms what God already told me. Because I'm clear. There's a there's a song that we that we um, threw up during a, 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 a Offering one Sunday a couple weeks ago, and said, I got evidence, I've got confidence, I'm a conqueror, I know that I win, I know who I am. God wrote it in His plan for me. Then it says, Oh, oh, oh. My name is Victory. <laughs> Woo! When I tell you that song got deep in my spirit for the first time like never before, because it confirmed everything I just preached to y'all. When you, when you start talking about I got evidence, you understand that I got to go back to God's word and see what worked. See what came before. When you say I got confidence, you say I got an attitude that is like none other. And it ain't based on just me. It's based on what God told me. <laughs> when you say I'm a conqueror, you're saying I already know what God told me. I see it on the other side. That even if I'm in the battle right now, I beat this thing. I got it licked. <laughs> when you say I know that I win, you're saying, you know what? I know what the mission is. I know what the end goal is. It's the dub, bro. I got this thing. <laughs> when you say I know who I am you're self aware I no longer need you to confirm me because I know what God said I believe it for myself now I don't just hear a word but I took it on as an image for myself I know what God said about me that I was smart and that I was intelligent and that I was strong enough and that I'll make it out and that I was this man I was a prayer warrior before but I know I'm a prayer warrior now when God spoke to me and he said you know what son you might have thought you was quiet but you were a praiser on the inside you might have thought you were weak but God says, I call you a mighty man of valor. When you get clear, when you get clear, you start to understand that what God says is more important than what anybody else says. I might be broke today, but tomorrow is another opportunity for me to be a millionaire. I might not be, I might not have all the knowledge I need right now, but God, tomorrow is another opportunity for me to gain knowledge. I might be sad right now, but every day ain't sad making. I know I win. I know I win. You ought to look at somebody and tell them, I know I win. Woo! My Lord. How I know I win because God wrote it in his plan. It's a strategy that already exists. He knew who I was before my mom and my daddy met each other. It's a plan for me. It's a strategy already out there. So I can declare my name is victory. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. Or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you, and join us again.